Good morning. This is John Murtha coming to you from Power 89.1 FM Radio from Lorain, Ohio. I'm very happy you tuned in today. And we have a great show planned for you. And we're in the station this morning with uh, our radio engineer, Samuel Lockhart. Hello, Samuel. Ooh, I didn't expect to be on. Oh, okay. <laughs> good morning, good morning. And my good friend and assistant, David Abood. David. Good morning, John. Good to be here. Good to be here. On this beautiful, cool yeah. spring morning. And um, again, we'd like to thank all of you for tuning in this morning. If you'd like to call us, our number here is 440-399-3044. That's 440-399-3044. If you'd like to live stream, www.wnzn.org. That's wnzn.org. Okay, David, you know, last week... Uh, it was a very interesting week. We were we had Dr. Sang on, and then we yes. got into spiritual warfare, the yeah. whole thing about the origin of uh, Satan and his influence in the life of an uh, unbeliever, a believer, the difference. But uh, this week we also were part of the IX uh, Cleveland Prayer uh, Convention uh, <clears throat> yeah. last Thursday, and you want to bring us some very interesting points for our listeners this morning. Yeah, so, um, yes, Jan, so this past week, uh, week it was Thursday, May 10th, uh, they had the Cleveland Leadership prayer breakfast, and the featured guest was J. Warren Wallace, uh, who is a cold case homicide detective. He's a popular national speaker and best-selling author. He also was an atheist uh, for a very long time, and uh, one of the things that he decided to do, he was kind of nudged a little bit by a co-worker who was Christian, saying, you know, uh, why don't you take a look at the Christian faith and run it through your process, the same process you use with your cold case analysis and listening to him for 40 minutes uh, really hit me, John, uh, in some of the areas where he stumbled and he just couldn't see um, the reality of the, uh, you know, um, of the resurrection of Christ and uh, and our faith, our belief system. But it, is it, he started to talk. I think the key for me was the fact that he said he couldn't get out of his own way. He kept looking at these natu- natural uh, facts that kept propping up, but he had a very hard time, regardless of what he saw with evidence from the gospel, he kept jumping over the hurdle and saying, well, yeah, that can't be true, so on and so forth. And it really wasn't until he said to himself, look, um, I-, I think my real problem is me in seeing the fact that, uh, that that this was the Son of God and that he rose from the grave died on the cross for our sins, he had, a, he had to get to a point where he believed in the supernatural. And until that point, there was just no way that he was able to see uh, our faith, our belief system, the foundational pillars that we have. And I think based on everything that we've been talking about with the supernatural, with the devil trying to come into our life, using the armor of God, it all really stems around that. And that's what I just wanted to touch on. That's the take-home message. We either believe in the supernatural or we don't. And if we don't, none of this stuff makes sense. Yeah, that's a very good point you bring up, David. The fact that as of, he's very famous, actually, Wallace, uh, uh, in L.A., on uh, cold case, homicide detective. And you'll actually see him on 48 Hours or yeah, Dateline or right. all these uh, older programs. He's a featured uh, detective. But um, he basically was challenged by a friend to just look at the evidence in the Gospels as he would a detective would look at a crime scene, so right. to speak. And where is his evidence taken? I mean, he went through the whole process yeah. of how do you prove something true or false. And he says he came out on the other side 
uh, from being an atheist to he says without a shadow of doubt this is true yes and jesus yeah. is risen from the dead the claims of christ are true at that point he became a christian he got into the word of god got into fellowship and today he's very prominent in terms of speaking he speaks to a wide range of audiences uh, but he just walked us through and as you say david it kind of ties in with the show uh, as we talk about who we are in christ and the victory we have in Christ through the forgiveness of sins, his shed blood on the cross, he's risen from the grave, he's given us the power now to live a victorious life, especially life over this fear of death and the hold it has. And if you look at Hebrews chapter 2, Hebrews chapter 2, uh, verse 14 and 15, uh, Hebrews chapter 2, it speaks to this issue. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. Okay, let me get it up here, John. If you have it, go ahead. Okay. Inasmuch then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, that's us humans, he himself, Jesus, likewise uh, shared in the same, that is to say became flesh and blood of the incarnation, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and to release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. And of course he does that through his death and resurrection. First yeah. Corinthians 15 calls death the last enemy. And that's why the Christian faith is so different than all other worldviews or religions that offer you a system or a code of conduct or moral standards to follow. This offers a practical historical event that happened the death of our founder, Jesus Christ, his burial, his resurrection. Why is that? It's not just his teaching, but it's this event locked in history that we can now appropriate in our own lives to go from death to life, right. a new spiritual life. And that's kind of where we were at uh, two weeks ago. And um, we're looking at this whole thing of, of what Jesus has done to us, but particularly in this area where he gives us the victory over the enemy. Now, that's not the only obstacle to a victorious Christian life. If we looked at Ephesians chapter 2, this was kind of like our platform or the launching uh, platform we had when we look at our spiritual identity and spiritual warfare. Yeah, uh, if you could read um, verse 1 through 3, David, please. Sure. Uh, made alive in Christ. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Okay, so you see a lot of things yeah. there, but there's three main uh, obstacles or opponents uh, to live in a Christian life, a victorious Christian life. And number one, it's where he says, he made alive. Of course, we see the resurrection mm -hmm. there. Those who were dead. And that's man's biggest problem is we're spiritually dead. Yeah. That's why Jesus says in John chapter 3 to a very religious man, a moral man, a leader, a teacher, by the name of Dicanemus, you must be born again. Because why? He was spiritually dead. He might have had good morals. He may have been religious, upstanding in the community. Nevertheless, he needed the new birth. And so that's number one problem. Number two, it says in verse two, that we, formerly we walked according to what? The course of this world. See, the world, the fallen world, right. is an obstacle to belief, to the yes. walking in the Christian faith. It says in 1 John chapter 5 that the whole world mm -hmm. lieth under the power of darkness. The world is fallen. 
I don't mean the world as the globe. I mean the, the culture, right. uh, the society where man is brought in. Uh, the world is not God-friendly. You know, quite honestly, the world isn't interested in God, generally speaking. But according to what verse 2 says? The prince and power of the air. Right. Now that's Satan. That's right. one of his titles. Uh-huh. And in Ephesians, he'll talk about powers and principalities later. So number one, you see the world is a fallen mm-hmm. system. Number two, we're dead in our trespasses. Mm-hmm. And we don't even think about God, even though we might be religious. Number three, we're under the sway of the enemy. Mm-hmm. We're going to look at that. Second Corinthians 4, 4 says that if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them whom the God of this age has what? Blinded. That's pretty powerful. And then finally, he says, verse 3, among whom we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh. So see, these are your three main opponents, number adversaries, if you will. Number one, it's the fallen world. Okay, number two, it's our own flesh. Right. It's our own desires. We're not getting victory. To be a disciple means to believe a disciplined life. So if, if I have a smoking habit, I'm not going to blame that on Satan, you see. Yeah. I have to die to that. I have to, I have to get control over that mm-hmm. and, and crucify my desires for that, that I might live a godly life. Same thing if alcohol, whatever. Right. <laughs> then the third is um, Satan himself. And we're going to see that, particularly in this arena of lying. Uh, Jesus says he is the father of lies. Yeah. He is a liar from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing the antidote to lie is the truth. That's why Jesus says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. So this is where we were. We left off yeah. last time, and we looked at that question uh, where people might say, well, why did God ever uh, make the devil in the first place? You ever hear? Oh, heck yeah, all the time. And we looked yeah. at that. And right. uh, in Isaiah 14, and then again in Ezekiel 28, it says, quote, unquote, God did not create the devil as such. He created a very uh, luminous, bright, uh, high, uh, perhaps archangel by the name of Lucifer. And and we saw that. And we went through that whole thing where until iniquity was found in his heart. And then he says, I will ascend to the side. I will, I will. All this pride issue came in. And then he finally says, I will be like God. That's his main thing. He he want he wanted that, and of course he was cast down. He's cast out of heaven. We looked at Revelation chapter twelve, where he uses this kind of a metaphor, a symbol of a, a great dragon that's that falls, and in the he take he says his tail swept a third of the stars. Right. That could be poetic, symbolic language. <clears throat> Perhaps he had a rebellion in heaven, and a third of the angels would go with him, and uh, they are now called the demon, the demonic, the demon. These are free moral agents uh, that have the capacity to choose to follow God, to honor and worship God, or not. And so it's not coincidental that the way he, Satan, the serpent, attacked Eve in the Garden of Eden was to to bring in a lie. Yes. He first says, hath God said. He throws a little doubt on God's word. He's not denying it. And then he says, uh, you shall not surely die. Well, that's in direct opposition to what God says. The day you eat of the tree of the night, you shall surely die. So there we see the lie. There's the lie. And he says, matter of fact, you'll become like <clears throat> God. Well, he that's what he wanted to be. And now he's doing that right. to those that are made in the image of God. And thus would start the great, what we call the fall. 
and then were man had the authority he sort of had the keys to paradise yeah. if i can say that he gave them over mm-hmm. and then we had not a home invasion but a home invitation we opened the door and then you see sin and sickness and the curse and thorns and thistles and and man in opposition to man and all of this other and that's where we're at today until we come out of this valley in Revelation chapter 21, a new heaven, a new earth, no more tears, no more sorrow, no more curse. So that's where we're at. But because we fell through Adam, a man, our salvation would be regained through the God-man. You know, the God would become flesh, the, right. what the Bible calls the second Adam. And yeah. through him, we would have new life. Yeah. And, you know, John, uh, one of the things that, that I was researching uh, is the areas uh, in our life where Satan wants to enter. And one of the big things for me uh, that I caught was the fact that we have to guard our heart. And um, we have to focus on the first commandment if we really want to try and resist him. In Proverbs 4.23, it says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. And then uh, in Exodus 23, uh, 20, uh, verse 3, God's first commandment set forth under the old covenant you shall have no other gods before me. So everything in this world that distracts us, uh, our businesses, um, our pride, uh, trying to grab wealth, uh, whatever it may be is a diversion. And once Satan starts to see you focused on those things, that's where he can come in. So uh, I think you know that's something that, that I'm sure we'll touch on here uh, this morning. Yeah, I mean, again... Yeah, he's looking for points of entry. That's why in Ephesians 6, you have the notes on uh, putting on the whole armor of God. But it does say in Ephesians, don't give place to the devil. In other words, don't give him points of entry. And often this will come through the form of a lie, uh, subtle influences in our daily life that people or ideas or media might want to lead us astray and we might want to go in that direction. And of course, this, this is, this is, here's what Jesus says in Luke chapter 22 about Peter. He says, verse 31, he says, the Lord said to Simon, uh, Peter, Peter, uh, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he might sift you like wheat. Yeah. You see, in other words, the enemy comes to rob, kill, and destroy. He wanted to destroy Peter. You see, but Jesus says, following verse, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. So there's a lot going on there. But basically he's saying, look, Satan can't do anything. He, he he's, he's on a leash, if you will. You'll see this in Job mm-hmm. chapter right. one, yep. where God says, have you yes. considered my servant Job? He says, well, he just serves you because you give him things. He says, no, you can test him to a limit. So there's there's that sense of he's not omnipotent. We should never get into this mistake that he's all powerful. He is very powerful. We should not minimize his power or maximize it and exaggerate it. But it's not like Satan versus Jesus, this kind of duality. Because why? Jesus is the creator. And this is a created being. Mm -hmm. Quite honestly, when you study scripture, the one that's really in opposition to Satan is Michael. You'll see him in the book of Daniel. You'll see him in the book of Jude. You'll see in other places where he's in opposition. He's more as equal. He's more, yeah, yeah archangel to yeah. archangel. But our Lord, he is Lord. He's king yeah. of kings and Lord of lords. Matter of fact, he says all power and authority is given me into heaven and earth. He can give that authority to his followers. Mm-hmm. That's why when he sends out his disciples in Luke chapter 10, they come back and they're amazed. They go, even the demons are subject to your name. Yeah. 
And he says, that's nothing. You know, I mean, it doesn't say it's nothing, but he says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. In other words, I saw him in this defeatist mode. He says, that's the big thing is not that you have this power, but rather that your names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So don't look at what you're casting out. Look where you're written, you know, this higher yeah. elevation. And, and John, uh, I think that's a good point because that's really how we can engage the armor of God. We have to realize that Jesus is not the equal to Satan, that he is God, that he's above him. He sat at the right hand of the Father in heaven before the earth was created. So that armor is basically, that's who we're following. That's our leader mm. and, you know, in wartime. So when you're putting on his armor, how can you lose? Yeah, exactly right. The armor you got in Ephesians yeah. chapter six, right? And then the adage here, of course, to be to be forewarned is to be forearmed. Yeah. In other words, if you leave your house and you click on all your security systems, you know, mm -hmm. camera and uh, alarm systems, that right. your house is fairly secure. Mm -hmm. At least you're going to be made aware of nowadays with our iPhones and everything that somebody or something is breaking in. Right. You're, but if you don't know that. You have no alarm system set up. You're very vulnerable. Yes. You know, and the same thing, you can look at the Ephesians chapter 6, David. I know you've developed uh, some teaching on that, about putting on the full army of Christ. And it's, and it's look, God's given us this information for a reason. And if we don't use it, uh, the Bible clearly says my people, my people perish for lack of knowledge. We, You see, somebody says, uh, what you don't know can't hurt you. What you don't know can kill you. <laughs> right. You know, if I don't know, uh, I'm very vulnerable. Yeah. And so Ephesians chapter 6, he, he will say um, how to put on that whole armor of God. You know, it starts with uh, verse 10. Yeah. The armor of God, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. That, that's key, John. Put uh -huh. on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And, you know, I, I like that devil scheme mm -hmm. because it's really all smoke and mirrors. And, and that's where he plays with our mind. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Uh, so, you know, John, all of that, what I've been doing lately since we really started on this show, mm -hmm. uh, talking about this, is I actually pray this prayer before I get out of bed in the morning. I pray for uh, God to put a hedge of protection over my family and also for our, my family to put on this armor of God uh, before I put my feet down. And I think it's so important, not only do I want to remember the power we have with it. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important to let God know that I'm aware that, you know, what world we're living in. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's it's not hocus pocus, but the thing I love about this is the visualization of the flaming arrows bouncing off the shield. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like Captain America and all these Marvel characters. But what, what it comes down to for me is that he can't touch us 
when you put this on. And, and I think that's what everybody needs to understand. Well, you're right in terms of the prayer, because look, in the Lord's Prayer, the what we call the Our Father, yeah. right in there with forgiveness and asking for daily sustenance, daily bread, it there's a prayer, lead us not into temptation, but, but deliver us, deliver from, us evil. from evil. Right. Yeah. Now that's important. Why yeah. is that that intrinsically a part of the Christian life, the daily needs of our life? Jesus will say this in John chapter 17. Now this is called his high priestly prayer. And of course, this is this is incredible. Um uh, as our Lord praised this, but he says, yep. um, verse 14, uh-huh. I have given them your your word. Okay, he's praying to his heavenly father. And the world has hated them <laughs> because they are not of the world. Yeah. Remember I said the world is one of our enemies or opponents. Yes. There's the fallen yeah. world. Mm-hmm. Just as I am not of the world. I Verse 15, I'm in John chapter 17. Yeah, I, got it. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should what? Protect them from the evil one. Protect them from the evil right. one. Why is that such a high concern with our Lord in this final prayer, at least the prayer we see mm-hmm. written and recorded in Scripture, as he's praying for his own here yes. about the world and keep them from the evil one. It goes right in, yeah. lead us not, deliver yes. us from evil. Right. Ephesians 6, mm-hmm. if we don't pray, pray this and pray this for our children and pray this, we're somewhat vulnerable because we're not using the weapons that God has given to us, you see? And, and John, can I read verse 16 too? Please. Because it brings it full circle. And Well, I'll read 15 again. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, this is Jesus talking, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world. Um, they are not of the world. Let's see, I, I just lost my place. Even as I am not of it, sanctify them by the truth, your word is truth. So he's saying that, Look, people, you know, um, they're out there. You know, yeah. there are supernatural beings all over the planet. Right. you got to be aware of it. And and that really brings us full circle then, again, to the reality of the supernatural. Um, back to the issue with J. Warren Wallace that broke his atheist view to get him to believe in Christ as the Son of God and the reason we need the armor. Yeah, you bring up a good point, David, and that's this. If people don't see this realm, they don't believe yes. it. Here's what it yeah. says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 uh, through 18 in particular. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 through 18. It says, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though the outward man, the visible, mm-hmm. is perishing, but the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, what is but for a moment, is working a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Now look, while we do not look at the things that are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Now this is why as we move into more of a materialistic, Mm -hmm. naturalistic, atheistic worldview, man only believes what he can see, what he can measure, what he can touch. But... It's problematic because, look, we don't see God, but we see the evidence of God all around. Yes. We don't see angels, <clears throat> but we see angelic. Mm-hmm. We by, by the word of God, he reveals there's a demonic realm, You know, even though we don't see it. We don't see our soul. But Jesus says, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world? All the possessions, things you can see in the world, but loses what? His soul. You see, all of these things... We live in an unseen world. I mean, we really live and move, yeah. even in the natural. You know, somebody says, well, I don't believe it, I don't see it. I said, do you ever see your brain? He goes, no, I never thought of that. <laughs> but it, but it, it goes to the idea, yeah. have you ever seen your thoughts? Right. 
thoughts are, you know, that's, that's uh, occupies our daily life. We've never mm-hmm. seen our thoughts. We never see our words, okay? We don't see gravity. Yeah. Do you think it's important? Right. Otherwise, we'd be sitting on the ceiling Absolutely. this morning. Air, There's you know, so the much we don't see. Right. But we move in an unseen yes. world. But the Word of God, it's a little like we're in the military. Yeah. Uh, Samuel, you remember what the, uh, Samuel was military, I'm military. At night, we go out to night fire on the range, the fire, and you put on uh, star bright scopes. Yeah, the like the, this was early. Yeah. But I remember looking through this thing. Now, everything was kind of a green background, yes. but it was yeah. pitch dark. But you could see the targets. You could see people huh. because you put on the right glasses. Yeah. When you put on the Word mm-hmm. of God mm-hmm. by faith, Right. It's a very real world out there. Yes. You see? Yeah. And this is one of the things that God has shown to us is that we're in a material world, but there's an unseen world that surrounds us, and it, it impacts us in various ways. And, John, one of the things that I'm you're starting to rub off on me a little bit, you think it's about time? It's only been a few years. <laughs> but the, uh, the one thing you do all the time is, regardless of what we're doing, before we do it, you say, let's pray day. Right. And, you know, um, you also are trying to get me to stop saying, well, that was really lucky. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. So, you know, um, it's all about God's favor and praying before anything happens because of the enemy is in the air. He's throughout. And even the little things that we're looking for, he can impact those. Right. And so everything we do, even before we get on the show, when you pick me up at my house, we pray. And that's something that I got to tell the listening audience I thought it was a little out there. I thought you were a little nuts. Yeah, a little bit. You know, bit. because when I first <laughs> met you, but you know, but now that I'm walking in the faith and I've seen the reality, uh, because because my goggles are now on. Right. I got to tell you, I am running to do it more and more. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. maybe I'm a little off here and there. But you know, normal's just a setting on a dryer. You know, That's I mean, right. it's just. But to your point, David. Yeah. Why we don't say good luck, and people might think, well, that's kind of a small thing. You know, you is right. because if you can say God bless you to a person, why say good luck to the person? Because by definition, right. luck comes from a Latin or Greek word fortuna, which means the right uh, arrangement of circumstances to your benefit. I hope I'm lucky today. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm going to wear a rabbit's foot. I'm going to wear this. I'm going to do this. Well, that that is really not of God, because what you want to say is God bless you, God speed, God be with right. you. Uh-huh. That's actually blessing a person. Good luck is, is, is uh, you know, um, have a horseshoe over your front door. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I've seen this. Why? Because we're going to learn more and more. People in the Old Testament, New Testament, they knew there was a spiritual realm. When I go back to Southeast Asia next month, spend some time with it they know there's a supernatural what they don't know is how to that there's a god over all this so therefore you have spirit houses they wear special bracelets and necklaces they have special even tattoos they think is going to ward off demonic spirits but they don't know the truth same thing in the old testament when moses is confronting pharaoh he lays his staff on the ground and it turns into a snake he pharaoh calls his two magicians what do they do right same Same thing. thing right so they stay with him for three of those miracles. There's some kind of occultic power. But you see this kind of stuff. They had high places, sacred groves, witches, uh, shamans, wizards. There's people all over the world. Mm-hmm. Asia, South yes. America, yeah. Africa. In America, too, we're going to look at, too, where people want to access the supernatural, but they don't do it according to God. So, yes, yeah, Samuel, do you have anything? Okay, so um, in terms of uh, of that, John, I, I, I think the real issue is 
that um, we have to be careful. And when we start to uh, engage and see the supernatural, you have to make sure you're going down the right path with it and you're not following the demonic side, which could fool you. And, and that's, you know, that's something we can touch, touch on too at some point. Yeah, you, no, you're absolutely right, Dave, because what you're looking for is in 2 Corinthians 3, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, it says something very interesting. Now, the backstory on this was there was a man in the church in 1 Corinthians, you see, where Paul says, put him out of the church because he's disruptive. He was actually living a rather uh, immoral life. Um, Yes. Look at. Let's start with and look at the story here. First Corinthians chapter five. Let's look at that first right, off. You go ahead if you have it. Okay. Yeah. It says, First um, uh, Corinthians chapter five. Okay. Paul says it is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you, and such sexual immorality is not even named among the Gentiles. That is, a man is living with his father's wife. So what seems to be happening here is there's a guy in the church in Corinth who's living, cohabitating with his stepmother. Yeah. It's just, even the Gentiles don't do this, he says. But look what he says in verse um, 4. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together along with my hope, my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one to Satan. Yeah. Now this is a strange kind of prayer. For the destruction of the flesh that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Mm-hmm. You see what he's saying here? Yeah. Put this guy out. Let him come under some attack. Okay? He comes under attack, and that this might lead him right. to repentance, forgiveness, and restoration. Yeah. Remember, but it is interesting. He says, deliver him under the attack of the enemy, right. because maybe this is going to break sin's hold on him. You know, he's going to suffer. Yeah. So and when you come months or a year later, we don't know, the man has repented, and look what it says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. It says, Now, whom you forgive any time, I also forgive, for indeed I have forgiven anything. I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ. Lest Satan should take advantage of us, we are not ignorant of his devices. Yes. Now, that, that's a very important phrase there, mm-hmm. because why? <sighs> Knowledge is power. If you know something, if, you, if you're going into an area that you know is dangerous, you see, I mean, in the Army, uh, when you set up a campsite, a perimeter, mm-hmm. you often they would put uh, claymores out there, you know, right. bury these things. If the enemy came at night... They would, but if you were out there in the day, you have to know where those things are planted. Mm-hmm. You had a, a schematic, you had a map, and don't go here, go five meters over here. You are perfectly safe if you had the knowledge of where these things are at. Right. We are perfectly safe in Christ if we know yeah. Satan's strategies, right. his devices, his yeah. landmines. Right. If we don't, we're susceptible uh-huh. to moral injury, mm-hmm. to spiritual defeat. You see what I'm saying? Yes. And Paul clearly says, look, we are not ignorant. This is high-level spiritual wisdom that God has given to us here. And again, the Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Yeah. Knowledge is power, but wisdom is life. See, knowledge, man, it put a high premium on information and knowledge. We live in the informational age, right? right. Knowledge will get a man to the moon, right. but wisdom will get a man to heaven. Right. You know, there's a big difference here. Yeah, yes. and John, that's exactly right. I mean, again, I used to read all business books 
But the case study stuff, I mean, uh, you know, my wife would always tell me, you know, Dave, you don't read anything but business stuff. And I did that because I thought there was factual information in there that was going to help me in what I was doing. What I didn't realize until you and I connected a few years back is the power of the Bible and, and how, it, how it helps us live on the planet and also deal with the supernatural element. You've got to get in the book to understand it. It was just like Jesus praying uh, and what we just talked about earlier where he said, look, please protect them because the enemy is, you know, is also from the supernatural realm that I'm from and they don't realize it. Exactly. Not right. everybody realizes it. So that's the power of it. And we can just take a look at the areas he gets into and that's what the scripture is about. That's why we have to have our heart first focused on God, the first commandment. And by doing that, you're able to put put the, the armor on and protect yourself from him. It's when you get delusional right. that you're in control and you're on this planet, you start worrying about stuff, you start focusing on you know how you look, your business, your spouse, uh, your thinking becomes similar to the rest of the world, and that's where he comes in. And one of the big things he comes in at when you see all these suicides is the fact of worry, where people are always worried about this, that, um, or the other thing, and, you know, Scripture tells us that we should not worry about anything, that we should have our, our thoughts uh, fix, fixated on God, and he will protect us. It's, I mean, but that, it sounds really mm-hmm. simple, and once you get into the Word, it is, but you got to practice it every day. See, that's the thing. you got to be in the Word all the time, and that's one thing Jesus said, is we have to pray all the time. Uh, you're absolutely right. And um, he, he will even say... Uh, pray that you don't enter temptation. He says, yeah. Simon Peter, I've prayed for you right. that you might be delivered. See, we've got powerful resources. Mm-hmm. Number one, the Holy Spirit within us. Yeah. That's why they'll say in First John, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. That's mm-hmm. very, very powerful. Mm-hmm. Number two, we have the word of God. Uh, what's the antidote for a lie? The word. And we're mm-hmm. going to pick up on this in the weeks to come because we're going to see that Jesus says that Satan is the father of lies. Now, one of the deals he gets in is in false religions. That's why in 2 Corinthians 11, Paul says, I'm worried about you guys that as, as Satan has beguiled mm-hmm. Eve, you might be deceived in your minds, even if somebody comes as like a, a, a an angel of light. Yes. That is to say, uh, this, this person mm-hmm. comes and he's speaking good and all that. But he, because why? Because Satan can come as an angel of light, yes. and we're gonna, and he can bring false doctrine. If you look at Islam, uh, Muhammad, uh, born in the year 570 in in uh, Saudi Arabia, in the year 610 AD, he goes into a cave and he says he's visited by an angel, yes. and he gets all this strange doctrine, and hence the growth of this religion. Uh, 1823. A man in upstate New York named Joseph Smith is out in the fields one day. He encounters what he calls an angel, Moroni, by the name. He gets all this false stuff. See, see his point of entry with an angel. Now, that's a very important point that we're warned against in the scripture. And that's where he gets a foot in to mislead many, many people. You see, and what's the antidote for that is to know the truth. That's why Jesus says the truth shall set you free. Yeah, and and just to extend what you said, John, I mean, this is such an important point because the gospel sets us free. And Satan doesn't want us to read the gospel and understand it. He'll blind people to God's truth. 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and and 4, it says, And even if the gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. 
in their case, the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. That's so important. The, the key yeah. there is blindness yeah. and seeing, right. darkness and light, devil and Christ. Yeah. You see that the, the you know you're either in or you're out. You're either dead or alive. You right. either are blind or you see, and. That's a powerful thing that he can blind the eyes of unbelievers because why? He can keep them just so yeah. occupied yeah. with the world and you know the, the media and and all these lies that hey man, uh, there was just a big explosion. We're just a higher mm -hmm. form of primates. Uh, there's no heaven. There's no hell. Don't worry about this. On and on and on and on. And we lose fat. We lose the truth in the process. You know. Yeah. I just want to give an announcement here. If anybody wants to call in, our number here is 440-399-3044. Once again, that's 440-399-3044. And our course, if you want to live stream, it's wnzn.org, wnzn.org. And so picking this up, David, this whole area is so important, and it's it so is. apropos for today. Yeah. Now, here's, the, here's what's going on today, one of the things. He's called the prince and power of the air. Well, it's ironic that that so much of evil influence came a result of when the airwaves were open. First through radio, then through television, then through internet, and now through all kinds of new video imaging and, and, and virtual reality. But I mean, these these are tools that can be used for good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But the level that these images, that these these things can go out on the airwaves and the access. Uh, when you consider the pornography industry, uh, 75 years ago, there was limited access that the, uh, adults had to this at certain stores or whatever. But now, poor little kids, uh, you know, young have access to the Internet and they know how to access stuff. It's terrible. Yes. It's the same thing is going on with some of these games and uh, some of the movies that are that are almost give a false reality about the occult yeah. they they almost make it attractive in a, in a strange sort of a way that there's power uh, you can have power you can you can uh, foretell the future mm -hmm. you can put a curse on somebody this stuff is not diminishing it's actually increasing and again why because people are not number one and first and foremost are not coming to christ to be liberated and to be set free. Number two, if they are, they might be under-equipped because they don't know and don't practice the, the Word key. of God. That's the key. I'm being under-equipped, and I was before, and and I still am. But you know, uh, by continuing to be in the world world and looking at this in the Word, uh, by continuing to be in the Word and looking at this stuff and understanding that it's true, it's been a game changer for me. Could you give a definition of the occult? Because a lot of people might not understand. You keep mentioning that, but oh yeah, right, your... sure. Uh, the occult simply means occult. Actually, is is a scientific term. I mean, it's used in, in dentistry. It means something is there, but it is hidden. Like when one planet goes behind the other, right. it's it's an occult. It's there, but it's hidden. And so this is like hidden knowledge yeah. or hidden wisdom. Uh, but we're not supposed to traffic in this because why? Because it says in Deuteronomy chapter um, twenty nine, verse twenty nine, God says. The secret things belong to God and him alone. But the things that God has revealed, he's revealed to us and to our children. So that tells us several things. Number one, God has revealed to us a lot. Even on a radio program, the oh, things yeah. we can discuss this morning, mm -hmm. we have a lot of access. How did the world begin? Yeah. Why is man yeah. different than how all other works? How the we world works? We even saw gravity in Genesis where 
you know, before anybody had any idea how it worked. The attributes of God, that he's loving, he's Mm -hmm. merciful, he's holy, he's righteous, that there is a supernatural, there's good angels, there's demonic. Uh, It tells us about the soul of man. It tells us how to pray, how to get to heaven, all kinds of stuff. But there are things God does not want us to go in. For example, astrology. This was very early in the Mm. Old Testament. Babylon and Assyria, they were into astrology. And if you turn to Deuteronomy chapter 18, Deuteronomy 18, God actually has a listing of things that he doesn't want. His people, Deuteronomy 18, Uh he has a listing of things he doesn't want his children uh, to go into. Uh, Let me just uh, pick it up there. Um, Look, start with verse uh, 9. Okay. Occult practices. When you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices their son or daughter in the fire who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft, or casts spells, or who is a medium or spiritualist, or who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. Wow. Because of these same detestable practices, the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. And the next verse. Uh, the nations you will um, dispose is, listen to those who practice sorcery or divination. But as as for you, the Lord your God has not permitted you to do so. Do you see that? The yeah. prohibition here? Yeah. Don't go there. So how does this apply today? Well, I mean, a, you know, flagrant observation would be the, the, yeah. the, the psychics, where right. people call into psychics. Uh, Ouija boards, uh, where people, even there used to be TV programs. I don't watch that much TV anymore, but they would have a guy that would contact the dead. These would be on shows. You know, necromancy, that's called necromancy. Mm -hmm. Um, Go to other countries. You know, my background is Irish. Leprechauns and banshees. You go to parts of Europe, there's uh, poltergeist and goblins. You go to Southeast Asia, they got these spirits and these demons and these spirit houses. It's all over the place. You see, astrology is huge. In the Middle East, that started in the Bible. Yeah, Hand of Fatima, idols. So what I'm getting at is there is this unseen world that people traffic in, right. usually because of power. Right. Uh, if you go down, I was doing a seminar in Dominican Republic on Santeria at a church. It's very similar to Voodoo. But, but the idea is these people had relatives and that were involved in these practices. And we're shown from a scriptural point of view that they're prohibited. They're off limits, if right. you will. Don't uh-huh. traffic. Because why? They Every now and then they'll see it work. They'll say, well, it works. Or I see results. Mm-hmm. That's not the issue. The issue is did God forbid it? Is it, is it? Does it grieve the Holy Spirit? Don't you want to get with the real power? Do something that pleases yes. God, be indwelled with the Holy Spirit. I think Spirit. that's the key with what you just said, the real power. There can be other magicians like you brought up uh, in, you know, um, with the Pharaoh and his um, you know, high priest. They copied you know, Moses a little bit, but there's a point where they couldn't touch Exactly him, right. right. I exactly. mean, it, you could just see the disparity. Yeah. And I, that is so important because yeah. people get a little bit, and that's what I was talking about. Once you get into this and you see a little bit, of proof, uh, you know, of your of your ideas, they they start to come to light. Make sure you're following the right path. Yeah, exactly yeah, right. Not being because it, this could be very attractive. Yeah. Now, look, I'm not against all fictional literature, Nat, but mm-hmm. 
if you look at Dungeons and Dragons or, or, or Gothic novels yes. or yeah. uh, Harry Potter or whatever, whatever, you know, I, I, again, I'm not painting this all with one brush, but it can get the weaker people, hey, this is interesting. I want to pursue this a little bit more. I want to read some stuff on this. I want to get in. And so all of a sudden, you got somebody that wants to go deeper and deeper into the cult because they thought this yes. was interesting or, or, or powerful or curious. That's where it gets dangerous. Yes. This is very, very powerful stuff. People are in bondages. It can lead people astray in yeah. big ways. It can. It, we're going to look at this in the coming weeks. It can affect the mind. It's destructive. Remember John chapter 10, verse 10. The enemy comes to do what? Rob, kill, and destroy. Right. But in the same verse, Jesus says, but I have come that you might have life yes. and life more abundantly. Right. And that's what we're talking yeah. about. I mean, you could subtitle uh -huh. these shows as John 10, 10. Yeah. Because we're very concerned yes. with people we know and love that are getting into these different areas. If they don't go into those areas demonically, they get into areas of like uh, pornography or alcohol or drugs. Or, these are actually physical a handcuffs well, they put on. And, and all, but not even just that. I mean, it, for me, it goes as, as basic as just being in the world and letting the world tick on by. Yeah. And, and them not even taking the time to look at the gospel. And, and, and that's the sad part. And that's the part that we pray for, right, for people close to us and anybody else, really, um, that, that they have a chance to see the world b before they perish. Right? Right, I mean, exactly that, right. Because even being too busy is what the devil wants so that you can't get into the world world in the word and see that you've been saved yeah, distractions yeah right see the, the, this is one of the, one of the biggest problems i think today is distractions because right. we live in a very distracted world Heck yeah. if you look at the parable where jesus gives about the wealthy man he had a great year with crops in that bumper year uh -huh. and so he knocked down the one barn to build higher barns and higher and and, and then he says to himself, take ease, my soul, relax. He did nothing wrong, yeah. essentially, but the focus was just on himself. Yeah. He didn't know, make no plans for the next life. He right. didn't reference God. Mm -hmm. And that's when God comes and says, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. To your point, David, he was so distracted yeah. with his yeah. possessions and their growing and his, his 401k and da-da-da-da, but he makes no plans for God or the next yeah, life, you see? Right. And I think this whole thing with distraction is big, and it's only yeah. getting bigger because of uh, our appliances. Yes. You know, iPhone, yeah. iPad, computer, yeah. virtual reality, 3D, 3D you name right. it, on and on and on. But l let's look at this in First John for a moment, First John chapter 5, and we're going to start wrapping the, the show up, but I do think we're going to continue this uh, for the listeners and for all of us because I think we're on a track here that's very apropos to the world we live in today. And we're going to bring up some very specific uh, instances of how people are getting into bondage. But if you look at verse... Um, Where are you, John? First uh, uh, John chapter 5. Okay. And look at verse 18. Alrighty. 18. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one was born of God keeps them safe. Okay. Yeah. Notice. Yes. Born of God does not sin, keeps him safe yes. from what? The, and the evil one cannot harm them. That's very important. That's again, now, yeah. look at, there. there's there's the one enemy. Look right at verse on. 19. We know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. Look at that. There it is. The whole world. There it is. See, yeah. so when Satan says to Jesus in the wilderness temptation... Yeah. You bow down and worship me, and I'll give yeah. you what? 
I'll give you all these nations Whatever. and kingdoms. Yeah, everything. You see what I'm saying? On the planet, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's a powerful temptation. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's why Jesus says, what would it profit a man if he gained the whole world but lose his soul? But the next verse says, but what will a man give in exchange for its soul? Which tells me man will sell out a lot yeah. cheaper than just all the nations. <laughs> the man sells out too cheap. Yes. You see? Yeah. But then when you come to verse 20, then it has this uplifting, victorious uh, uh, theme to it. Right. We we know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true by the being in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and the eternal life. How many times true is mentioned in that oh, one verse? Yeah. Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. True, truth, yeah, truth, right. truth. Yeah. He says what I like. He says, we know that the Son of God has come in what? Given us understanding. Yeah. Because he wants his children to know this stuff. And he is the true God and eternal life. He is God. He is God. That's it. Th- that's the key here, folks. I mean, you know, Jesus <laughs> is God. Everything else follows in line with this. The whole reason he came, the whole reason he freed us from our sins, he has to be God or it wouldn't work. Wouldn't work. Yeah. That's why That's why it is so important, David. It's a good point where we're going to bring this to a close in a couple of minutes here. But the essential thing is that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Was God. And then the Word became flesh right. and dwelt amongst us. As a matter of fact, it'll say in First John, mm-hmm. for this purpose the Son of God was manifested. Why? Yeah. That he might destroy the works of the evil yeah. one. So the, the, we if we don't see Jesus as God and we just see him as, I don't know what, an angel or a, an elevated uh, a prophet, being, a I prophet, a of, it doesn't yeah. fit. No. Because why? First of all, what the Bible declares about Jesus, number two, he received worship freely. Mm-hmm. Now, if you study both Paul and Peter refuse worship when men bow down to him because they mm-hmm. see their power and they go, don't do it. We're like you. In the end of the book of Revelation, the apostle John falls on his knees because this particular angel was so bright and luminous. And the angel says, don't do it. I am a servant of God like and unto you. But you'll never see Jesus saying that. He freely receives worship. The other thing is, even God commands it in a, in a, uh, Hebrews chapter two. It says, "Let all the angels of God worship Him." You know, even God the Father says. But it, you'll see His titles like Alpha and the Omega in the Book of Revelation. Well, Alpha and the Omega comes from the Book of Isaiah, and it's a reference to God that He has no beginning or end. So all that we could get into this topic, I'm sure, down the road. But when we realize this is the security we have, we are rightly aligned and related and imbibed by God mm-hmm. through Jesus Christ. Therefore, we have this power, not in ourselves, but through Christ. Yes. And that is, it's not an yeah. angel we have this, or a, rituals we have this. We have this because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. It's tremendous. It, it is so important, you know, I can't tell you. Well, you know, even before I came to the Lord, I did the same thing. Uh, I would blame God. How can there be a God? Yeah, right. And, you know, until I got into the word though um you know i I didn't understand that he or he's telling us that hey man the the enemy is in the world he you know he was given the earth he got he got pushed out of heaven but i have come down to save you and to give you eternal life but if you follow me you can put the armor on and you can resist him and he will flee right that is so important until i got into the world before i was a little miffed at the man upstairs until I got in, and the only reason I was miffed is because I was uneducated. Yeah, exactly right. 
Once you once you come to right. to the Word of God and you start, your eyes are open, so to speak. David, this has incredible ramifications mm-hmm. because why? If you look at world leaders yeah. that were were influenced by by the devil. I mean, Hitler mm-hmm. and his crowd was deeply influenced by a cultic uh, background. These yeah. men were very. Karl Marx. Yeah. We go through his life. There's books written about how he was raised in a home of church and that, but at age 20, 23, 24, 25, something happens. All of a sudden, he's making these references to darkness and all this other stuff. Look at mass murderers. Yes. Look at Charles Manson. Look at uh, David Berkowitz, son of Sam. These guys are hearing voices. They're, yes. they're attributed to demonic spirits. We'll get into this uh, to a level, but the, but in an uplifting way to show that a greater yes. is he that is in us right. than he that's in the world. And one of the closing verses, if you want, is in uh, James Um chapter 4, where he gives us kind of a, a real solid uh, instruction. Um, if you look I at verse 6, yeah, look at verse 6. To God. Uh, mm. Verse 6, uh, but he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Well, why did Satan get kicked out? Why did Lucifer oh, yes, pride? pride. Yeah, God, God resisted or pushed out. Therefore, verse 7, Submit to God. Yes. What does it mean to submit to God? Come to his authority. Obey his commandments. Learn his commandments. Right. Honor God. Then we can do what? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. That's it. it he will flee from us. Yeah. Yeah. Not because of our own power, but because right. the authority given mm-hmm. to us under Christ. Yeah. If we don't submit, we're defenseless. Mm-hmm. Against right. the enemy. We're going yeah. to look at that. And it says, he will flee from you. Mm-hmm. Then it says, draw near to God. Let me show you an instance. Uh, we only have a couple minutes where mm-hmm. men weren't submitted to God and they try to resist the devil. Look at Acts chapter 19. What is it? Acts of the Apostles. Chapter 19. Okay. Acts of the Apostles. Uh, uh, chapter 19. And then um, let's look at verse uh, 13 and 14. Acts chapter 19. Okay, I got it. Okay. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I know about. But who are you? Notice this. They weren't rightly submitted. Mm -hmm. They weren't under God. They just liked the power, and they probably got paid for these exorcisms. Mm -hmm. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Therefore, the power of the name of our Lord or whatever didn't have any authority because they weren't under authority. Look at the next thing, what it says in verse 16. Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. See? Yeah. They weren't under authority. Right. This is the this is the key here. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that are fleeing. But if we're running run out of authority, right. the enemy will flee. There it is. Do you yeah, understand? That's great. Yeah. So that's it, a great that's a great visual right there. It, yeah. It's the idea when mm-hmm. the centurion comes to Jesus. Centurion was a, a commander mm-hmm. of at least a hundred men. Century centurion, yeah. and he was a Roman. But he wanted his servant healed, and Jesus says, okay, I'll go heal him. And he says, no, I'm not worthy that you should come into my house. You give the word, and my servant will be healed. He says, I'm a man under authority, and I have authority. I can tell a man go this way, tell a soldier go that way. And he says, I know you. He's basically saying, I know, Lord, you have authority. Jesus says, I've not found greater faith in all of Israel. 
because being in the military, well, Samuel, you were an officer, right? I was an enlisted man, so he could like yeah. order me around. I had to sleep. But it's the idea you understand authority. Yeah. And so when you're dealing with powers and principalities, mm-hmm. this is authority hierarchical structure yeah. the enemy has. It's like, and we're going to learn more about this. Mm-hmm. But you see the victory we have and the victory we would not have if we're not rightly related and under authority of Christ. And John, we're created in the image of God. If we follow his authority, we can do supernatural things in his name. Exactly right. That's the bottom line. That's the power of this. Exactly. We can live a big... Not only that, we can pass this off to our children, our grandchildren. We leave a legacy. Uh, We have the ability, in a sense, by God's power and his grace, to set prisoners free. Yep. When we share the gospel, when we disciple, when we instruct people, we are, in a sense, liberating, uh, setting people free and giving them the keys to go out and set because God does not want his people to be in bondage and right. darkness and oppression and, and the poor people mm-hmm. with opioid addictions and pornography and alcohol and all this. this is not God's way, mm-hmm. you see. So in the weeks to come, we're going to delve into this, and then we're going to look at some false systems and how the enemy came in through lies. Right. We're going to look at different uh, religions and belief yeah. systems today and how people are being directed there, and even Hollywood how they present darkness and the occult. It's very off. It's not scriptural at all. And it gets people really going in different directions. So again, uh, thank you, Samuel, for being part of the show today. Uh, thank you, David. And thank oh, you for everybody for listening. Thanks, uh, hope you have a great week. Uh, we look forward to some special guests yes. coming in the near future as we yeah. go into the summer season. Right. And again, uh, remember, you know, if nothing else, the takeaway today is John 10, 10. Yeah. The enemy comes to rob, mm-hmm. kill, and destroy. Yes. Peter says he's like a roaring lion going Absolutely. about. See me. He, that's, he's got nothing but ill will mm-hmm. towards God's creation. He couldn't touch at God, you yeah. see? Yeah. But he wants to touch at the image of God, yeah. man and woman. And so, but Jesus in this very same verse says, I come to give you life, salvation, and life more abundantly. abundantly. He wants yes. us to live the victorious right abundant life yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. that's where we're at so yeah. maybe i'll just close in a short sure. word of prayer and then we'll tie it up heavenly father we thank you for this day and we just commit all of our listeners to you lord as we do ourselves lord that we can learn and be aware that you've given us instructions knowledge wisdom to walk uh in a way that's pleasing to you and that we don't have to fear the enemy because you've equipped us lord as long as we stay close to you you're the good shepherd we're sheep we're defenseless without you but with you Uh, we can actually stay close to you, resist the devil, he will flee from us. We pray for those people in our lives that are hurting, that are in bondage, that are blinded, that are just stumbling, Lord, is still in the dark like we once were, Lord, that you might call them into the glorious light of the gospel. So thank you again for all of our listeners. Bless us this week and them uh, for your sake. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Have a good good week, everybody. God bless you all.